Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. We're so happy to be here with you today. Hey, the music in the background is from our good friend, Mr. Drew Holcomb. Make sure you've grabbed a copy of his newest album, Dragons. He is playing at the Ryman this weekend. And to keep you updated, I did get to buy some tickets. I did buy some tickets. (laughs) I found some and were able to purchase. I cannot wait to see him in concert. Make sure you check out drewholcomb.com and see when he is coming close to you as well. Today on the show, we have one of my favorite artists. We've been in the same place a couple of times, but this is our first like in-depth, long conversation, and I absolutely loved it. It was the right day at the right time. I hope it will be for you today as well. Ruth Chow Simons is just incredibly gifted in writing and illustrating just kind of every part of being an artist she's the best at. So you are going to love her new book, Beholding and Becoming, that actually comes out tomorrow, so you can still order it today. Pre-order it today. It can be to you this week. But it is incredibly good. And as always, it's beautiful. Ruth just makes incredibly beautiful work, including this conversation. So here is a little time with you and me and Ruth Chow Simons. Okay, listen, Ruth, we have to start here. Okay. For starters, people might know you're Grace Lace, but your actual name is Ruth. It is. So dear everyone, she has a real name. <laughs> Y'all are going to Scotland in like two weeks. Oh my goodness. Yes, we're taking, taking all, all your sons. All six boys. Seriously. It's a little Did bit. Did you birth six boys? I birthed six boys one that at a time. Incri- one at a time, not even in doubles in there. No, because really it's like, how could you handle it? <laughs> right. I don't know. My assistant Jenna's an identical twin. And I'm oh like, how goodness. do parents do that? No. Th- so you did one six, at a, one at a time. One at a time. And um, yeah, the Lord grew my heart in, in accepting the reality and enjoying the process. Yeah. Not of birthing. No, sure. no, not enjoying the process of birthing, but just enjoying the process of becoming a mom. Yeah. Tell me the age they are now. My oldest is 17 okay. and he's a graduating senior. Oh, and wow. my youngest is just turned six, actually. Okay. Oh, my gosh. And he's the little squirt with the long hair. Yes, he... Oh, listen. They're all cute. They are good-looking dudes. Y'all didn't mess up on any of them. But the little one with the long hair. He's crazy. (laughs) And he's like six going on 16 because he's BFFs with the 17-year-old, you know? Oh, okay. They're like always referencing, you know... Just YouTube videos and, and yeah. tricks and, and crazy bike tricks and all sorts of things. Tell me what you know about God from raising six boys that you didn't know before. Wow. I know that God equips us for what he calls us to, mm-hmm. and he makes, he kind of delights in taking the most unlikely thing Preach and causing that. us to be surprised by his faithfulness. Because, yeah. I mean, I am the girl who, like, would love well, you know used to teach tea classes I'm an artist I like to sew things um I really could spend my entire afternoon surfing the sales racks at anthro or you know I, right. I just I'm such a girl and you're um, so trendy too you are the cutest stuff every time we're in the same place where I see a picture girl. I'm like she's good well no I think I, I I'm working at it these days because I'm like I'm the only female in this family <laughs> and there's no color I mean it, right you know, right so so yes I did um they're really sweet to me because there's even like a rose floral rug in our house yeah. and and I get my feminist yeah, that's there. Right. but but yeah I think what I learned about God is that ultimately he's not looking at my resume and what I can bring mm. to the table you know because all the stuff that I really felt like I was good at I was like hey look at this you, you go ahead and use this you know and I was Girl. like being a mom of six literally does not put any of my awesomeness on display not, not right like it's not like wow 
you know, I've got my servant, Ruth Simons, who can really bring me these things. I'm going to use these things really well. No, he, like, took all the things that I felt like I was really bad at and um, put those on display. And it humbled me, and it caused me to not um, – there's no tiger mom in me, and there's no that part of me that says, well, if I just do these things, they'll turn out awesome. If yeah. I Because, really, it's by the grace of God that they are sweet and loving and hug me and hold my hand across this yeah. uh, across the parking lot. Um, I don't take credit for those things. And granted, yeah, of course, we all take we, – we're all grateful for the way God uses our natural gifts and abilities. And, yes, we have conversations with the boys. We own the fact that we've directed that parenting. Yes. But, but we also – I also really recognize that parenting has been that one thing where I go, um, I'm going to screw up the whole thing. So uh-huh. let me just back off and say, how do you want to change me yeah. in the midst of me thinking that I'm shaping them? Parents keep seeming, like when I ask this question to parents, the answer keeps being around, parenting has taught me I have no control. Yeah, no, that's so true. Because <laughs> my single life mm-hmm. has taught me I can control all the factors in some way or another. You know, like, <gasps> there, I am, I, I obviously I deal with control a lot, and I, I, mm-hmm. I'm kidding. But mm-hmm. I, my life isn't as I put into this and don't get anything out as a parent does. Or don't get yeah. out the expected outcome yes. as yes. a parent does. Yes, exactly. And so you just have come around that and learn from it. I mean, you've been doing it for 17 years now. Seriously. And, you know, I think I thought I was going to have one boy and one girl and they were going to be fun accessories. Like, kind of mm. like, mm, like I finished my collection, yeah. you know? And I, my whole perspective about being a mother was really just all about me and what I wanted for my ideal life. And when people say, you know, how did you end up with six boys? I usually say, well, honestly, I think it just became so wonderful to see God's work of sanctification in my life that I just kind of fell in love with it. I fell in love with just the process of seeing his faithfulness in an area that I really didn't feel Mm -hmm. all that awesome in. So it's, I didn't keep having kids because I was amazing at it. I did ultimately because I just saw God's hand in it. Yeah. Did y'all feel like God, we love talking about here on the show, talking Mm -hmm. about here in the Lord Mm -hmm. because it's so different for everybody. Yeah. yeah. And and I think it takes some of the pressure off Mm -hmm. when our friends listening go, Mm -hmm. Oh, that is, that is true for me. Mm-hmm. And then they hear nine mm-hmm. other people go, yeah, that's not how I hear God mm-hmm. at all. Or yeah. eight other people, if you want to talk Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Um, eight other types of people. But for you, when y'all were deciding where you live, how many mm-hmm. kids you have, how you do your job, mm-hmm. how you write books, when you write books, what does God sound like for you and your husband, Troy? And mm-hmm. is it a decision y'all make together? Or do y'all go mm-hmm. apart and hear him separately and come back together and go, here's what I think? Or how does it usually work for y'all? It's been different with different decisions. Um, I would say we we're never we've neither of us would say we've heard the voice of God in the specific. And I know mm-hmm. that God will do that. He mm-hmm. will do that, but not in our lives in this, these particular situations. But I will say some pain have caused some of the things that we ultimately heard Him. When we say we audibly heard Him, it was actually that we audibly heard Him through loss and through pain. Wow. And so rather than it being like He said go forth, my child. It was more, you don't get to go forth. Mm -hmm. And that something closed and a door was closed or a loss or a relationship ended. Something, there were a couple things in my adult life where, and we all have these stories where you thought that this was going to go forward for a very long time. And that thing you invested in, that ministry you poured your life into, that relationship you thought you were going to be able to keep on working on for a long time, it comes to an end. And I don't feel forced into the next chapter. I actually realize, oh, the Lord is graciously redirecting me in a way that I would not be looking for any 
at all on my mm-hmm. own. And so, yeah, the audibleness of of the Lord's guiding at that time is really me saying, do I trust you enough with my pain right now? Do I trust you enough with the huh. loss? Do because, I trust that you're telling me something in this pain? Right, right. Oh, and good, so it's right. trusting his voice, not just saying, give me the answer, but trusting him, trusting enough to say, I know that you're longing for my heart. You're wanting my heart in this, mm-hmm. not just for me to say, tell me the next step. Right. Man, that is... I do not know that anyone has ever said that you they heard God not through their pain, but their pain was God. Mm-hmm. And he was mm-hmm. saying, this is, you know, something I think comes to my mind pretty often when I'm praying about open and closed doors mm-hmm. is that scripture says, if God opens it, no one can close it. And if God closes yeah. it, no one can open it. Yeah. And I go, please let that be true every day of my life. Right. Right. I, I, and not just for the open ones. Yes. I want you to close. I don't want to date men that oh. aren't, that aren't going to tell some part of your story yes. to me. I do not want book deals or right. podcast guests, or I, I don't want something that should be a closed door. I want you to, cl- I want so those costly knows. to pray that though. Right. It's Cause so then co- you get them, right? Yes. It's so costly. And I think at the end of the day, the thing that I'm realizing more and more is that I just need to be careful what I say out loud to the Lord because he takes me seriously, you know, and that as I'm speaking it out loud, he doesn't want lip service. He doesn't want just the somber praise and honoring him with my lips. I need to make sure that as I'm saying it, Lord, at all costs, draw me to yourself. Well, then Mm -hmm. he will. Mm -hmm. He'll draw me to himself. And sometimes that is a drawing (laughs) that's painful. Yeah. Pulling through. Yeah, that's right. Um, Okay. So you're taking everybody to Scotland. Yes. How so, come? Dick, tell the story. Yeah. So, you know, I don't usually teach watercolor, but I'll teach watercolor if you take me to Italy. Oh, okay. There <laughs> so, you go. Um, I got booked to teach um, some devotionals and watercolor and lettering in at Lake Como in Bellagio, Italy okay. by um, Art and Faith Creative Retreats. And so when Laura, who um, got in touch and invited me to come out for a week, um, I said, well, I'm kind of at the stage in motherhood where I don't want to have my biggest and best experiences apart from my closest people. Mm. Because I travel all the time. You and I see each other at IF and we go to, (laughs) I'm I'm always traveling, I'm always speaking, and they bless me. They send me out and they go, serve, go love the people of God, go teach the women of the church, like go, Uh go, go. uh They do that all the time. But sometimes I'm like, dude, I do not want to have the best and biggest, most memorable experiences in my life without them. And so last year, last summer, um, Ann Voskamp invited me to go to Israel. And so I took Hubby and our two oldest teens, and she took her kids. And so that was really special. But this year... I love um, her children. And they, so our kids fun. were so hilarious together, yeah. had, had the best time. So it was really good. Um, but this time I said, Laura, how about you book my oldest Caleb as your photographer and videographer? Oh, wow. And so that made it possible for him to go and he's going to serve and he's going to work. And, and that paid for his trip. And long story short, there was a way to, he, she made us such a good deal. I said, yeah. what's the best v- version of me being able to take my family yeah. and, a, and some team members as well. Yeah. So we're all going to Bellagio, Italy. It's going to be a retreat. It's going to be some time to just see all that the Lord's done through the writing and the and the painting and bring it together in a place where we can all have a little soul rest. And so yeah. we're going to go to London first. And Troy is pretty much... Um, from the British Isles in his mind, you know, like he loves yeah, Ireland. I yeah. love, he loves Scotland and he's been to Edinburgh. Okay. So he's having all of us and um, 
get on a train and I know that they're all connected somehow you know so I've never been and so um, we're gonna go see castles do that whole thing so we're spending three nights in Scotland Mm -hmm. oh in Scotland all over well I don't know in Edinburgh I think just in Edinburgh okay let me tell you the tour y'all have to do okay tell me okay there's this tour it's called Mary King's Close Tour and I'll say this to Troy too Mm -hmm. it is when they built Edinburgh Mm -hmm. uh, the city they in the I'm gonna get this wrong maybe 1500s there was the uh, tenement housing mm-hmm. kind of going under the Royal Mile. Okay. So everyone lived, you know, stacked real high, all that kind of stuff. Well, all those, I think I'm going to tell this in the right order, a disease kind of went through the tenements and killed a lot of people. And people stopped living in them, but they didn't move mm-hmm. out. They just kind of stopped living okay. in them. And then they built Edinburgh on top of those. Oh, wow. And so under... Uh, under the um, a bunch of the government buildings, you can still tour oh my these fifteen hundreds tenement apartments, essentially intact. Intact. Oh, that's it is being wonderful. So creepy. Oh my goodness! But it's my favorite tour. You literally <gasps> walk down. I mean, it's dark the whole time because you are under the Parliament building. Oh my goodness! Because they just used those bones of those buildings to yes. put the city on top of, but they still exist. So oh. Mary King's okay. Close. That's the name of the street. Okay. Mary, They call streets closest. Mary okay. King's Close is the street okay. that still exists down there. Um, and so the Mary King's Close tour is the one that I think is so creepy and so cool. And then you need to do Edinburgh Castle. Of course. I'm yes. a fan of Sterling Castle, the William Wallace okay. story. Oh, yeah. It's not totally yeah. the same as Braveheart, the movie, but it's especially boys will love oh, that it's goodness. a very tall castle. Yes. And it sways. And it's not, and it feels very unsafe. And so they're going to love that. <laughs> they're going to love that. I hate it. Okay, but so love the main it. question I have to ask you is, what do I eat there? Because you know right. I travel to eat. So yes, that's listen. The, that's the only thing I really ask is like, yes. where, if I were to die tomorrow, where should I eat Yes, today? so here's the thing about British food. It is delicious mm-hmm. and changing. And it, but it is probably when I lived there mm-hmm. six, seven years mm-hmm. ago, the food has improved since then. So some of our normal staples yeah. aren't worth doing on right. a trip. But I would say, I'll, I'll give you a list and I'll put a list on my website for mm-hmm. anybody who goes over to Edinburgh. But there's some like Loopy Lorna's Tea House is just a oh, once, oh, you know, so like fun. you just need to because yeah. you like tea. Yeah. And, you know, you live that life. The boys will like it because they have a lot of cake and it's really love good. It. Love it. Y'all should eat at a pub. Yeah, and, and just get the like actual, here's what we do. Like, here's what a normal yeah. Sunday morning or a normal Thursday morning in Edinburgh looks like. Aww, morning, because I'm thinking it. of English mm-hmm. breakfast or Scottish breakfast. But, and then there's a couple of stops on the, so do you know there's chippies chip uh, that are fish and chips? Yes. Yep. They also do fried Mars bars, which is like a Snickers bar. No And way. that's worth stopping and trying. Okay. Okay, You'll probably okay. need. Well, I don't know how good your boys eat, like how how much they can put down, but I can't eat a whole one and I'm a professional and I can't finish (laughs) one. So, you know, you can get a couple between y'all and share them, but then you can get fish and chips. And so, uh, yeah, you just can't, you kind of can't lose and you can really trust um, over there. You can really trust Yelp for Mm -hmm. Americans who've Mm -hmm. experienced Scotland. Okay. So, but then there's three days. Listen, I'm I'm never going to stop. This is not what people are here for. They're here to hear about you. (laughs) There is a restaurant and a, and a bed and breakfast named Ballantaggart. I'll send you the Instagram. Okay, I need to know. It is. We went there when I went with Good Grit, who you love okay, as well, yeah. Laura from Good Grit. The most beautiful meal. 
the kindest mm. owners. And then they have a hotel t- called Grantley mm-hmm. Hotel. And it is, it's just the, and it's a little bit up in the highlands. So it's mm. kind of, you get to go see a different. Um, okay. I want to do all of this. Yeah. And then Latte is beautiful. Oh. My friends own um, Borland Farms mm. up there. So we can get you connected with them and y'all can love go by and do some Scotland Highland games at Borland. And So I know you've not met my boys, but. I'm telling you, they are not your typical like, hey, we've got to have some time on our devices or we've got to, you know, like they they don't need the usual entertainment things. They yeah. just want to explore and they want to talk to people. How do you do that in them? I, I don't know. I, but but when given a chance, like, would you like to go to and not, I mean, OK, I know you're a Disney lover, so yeah, I'm, not saying, like I'm not saying that there's anything. But I also have boys who just aren't interested. And sure, so sure, sure. it's totally fine. But I just yeah. mean like when given a chance to like either go to Universal Studios or do you want to go climb a mountain and explore, they would rather do that. And so they're just built that way. And yes. so that's why we live in the mountains. Yes. And why, you know, yes, they wear shirts and shoes, but still they're <laughs> a little bit like Huck Finn. You know, they like yeah. run around. And, yeah. and so when I think about going to Scotland, I... I, I want to do the tours and I want to do all those things, but I also want to give them some room outside to like explore. Yes, yes. And sometimes they're just like sitting there with a stick and they, they want to dig and uh-huh. they're like digging their way to China and they love yes. it. You know, like it's that kind of okay. boy stuff. There's and all so, that high, there's all that in the highlands. And they would Sterling love to will sit, feel that way. And they will actually, all my boys love fish, fish and chips and they will literally sit there and start a conversation and probably be there for two hours with yes, a local. Yes. Like it's that kind of thing. Yes. So they get that from Troy, like that whole, like let's, meet a local and next thing you know we're like having dinner with him yes Troy one time I I know this is not a podcast about him but I'll just say it real quick no it's great one time Troy when we were dating I thought it was like so rude because I'm like aren't we dating getting to know each other he spent the whole summer in Ireland and Scotland without me oh wow so then he went and oh, so like, he knows oh he knows yeah and one at one point I'm gonna get all these details wrong but he decided he wanted to climb Ben Nevis yeah okay. of course yeah okay he didn't. He was there by himself, staying in hostels. This is like college, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. He befriended a Japanese guy. Uh-huh. Neither of them spoke. <sighs> you know, neither of them spoke each other's language, and they, through hand motions and nodding, decided they were going to climb Ben Nevis together. He experienced this entire thing, befriending, like becoming really close friends with, with this Japanese guy language. who went and they went climbed all the way to the top. That's and a back. real climb too. That's yes. no joke. And I think they even like found a place to stay in somebody's house that night yeah. because all the all the rooms were taken or something crazy and so I just think you know it comes in handy when you make good friends like you take hospitality with you yes. if you're that person that can kind of and you're totally like this but if you're that kind of person who's like yeah the door's open to be my friend right now right mm-hmm. here where mm-hmm. then wherever you go it's always home yep. you know and that's really how Troy is and I'm coming along you know we thought should we go to Rome should we you know but we yeah. didn't want to spend all our time in lines in yes. tourist areas yes. so Troy said let's go and show them Edinburgh so yeah. we're headed that way and then we'll go back to London catch a quick flight to Milan and do the Lake Como thing and teach yeah. for a week and then after that I'm actually I don't know if you know this but I'm uh, meeting up with Jenny Allen Jessica and yeah. going to Rwanda. Yeah, so we're going you know, from, I was on that trip. You're not. I oh, I would I have loved to be there. It would have been you. so fun. Yeah, I had to okay. back out because of my migraines. I've been having migraines Girl, when I fly. That's right. That's right. And yeah. so when it was time to buy mm-hmm. tickets, we still had, we just didn't have a yeah. solution. But yeah. I love Africa New Life. I it was like the been. best. Yeah. I haven't either, but I just okay. love their nonprofit. Yes. And it yes. was the best group of women going. Mm-hmm. And I just, 
I couldn't. I, I would have loved to be on that trip. So fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think I realized that, but I know. yeah. So that's. I'm excited to go. Uh, what but an it, amazing couple of weeks! Now it will be for intense. full disclosure to people listening. We're recording mm-hmm. in May because you're mm-hmm. in Nashville. This will come out mm-hmm. the week that your book comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can go back and look at your Instagram, yes. and this is all there. Yes. But those women. I mean, I, I'm very sad that that trip didn't work. But no. you know, the Lord. I, I mean, at the time, and, it was just like yes. the Lord knows, and the Lord. It is one of those things where, and it's kind of back to what you talked about at the beginning, like pain tells you something yes, and disappointment tells you something yes. about from God and about God. And I have had to learn some really interesting new things about God mm-hmm. in a season where all the fun things I want to do get stopped sure, because my health says otherwise. Sure. And that wow. is just very weird for me. That is not, yes. that has not been normal. So mm-hmm. I don't get to go, but y'all are going to have the best time. And Can't I just love, I, yeah, Rwanda, I've never been either and I'm dying to go, but Maybe next time we'll go together. I'm not as adventurous as it, as it seems when I say all those things. Yeah. This is actually a hard thing for me to do. Really? And, and I'm just saying that because yeah. for disclosure, it might sound like, oh, three weeks and running around right. and enjoy. But it's actually saying yes to go to Rwanda, saying yes to go, leaving what's comfortable and easily controllable. It's actually kind of hard for me. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's actually... A and big, you're doing it for like a month probably, it's start like, to finish, Well, right? it's like three weeks and yeah. stuff. And so and it's right before book launch. So it's just a oh lot. But, you know, the bottom line is this. You and I both know like the work in the industry we're in sometimes keeps us looking down. It causes mm-hmm. us to kind of keep on looking, whether it's on our cell phone, answering comments, or in my case, I write or paint and I'm always looking at what I'm creating. Yeah. And at the end of the day... And I will, we'll get talking about it another later too. But at the end of the day, the Lord is teaching me again and again, look out, look yes. above, look outside of what you think you're creating. Mm-hmm. He's so much better. Mm-hmm. And that, all the inspiration, all the encouragement, all the stuff that you feel a little flat and empty about in your life actually will be met if you stop looking at the thing you're trying to create mm-hmm. and work so hard at. I want this in my life. And you're busting your butt just looking, looking at this when really he's like, be in awe of me, yeah, and I'll take care of the rest. I mean, that's why Scripture says when it when Jesus says the fields are ripe for harvest, mm-hmm. it says lift up your eyes. I love that. It yep. doesn't say, and now you go like, no, if I need to harvest this, I yes. need to look down. I love that. And yes. the Lord goes, no, no, no. If you want to harvest, look up. Yes, look up. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's been. You, it would seem like it's an easy lesson to learn, but it's not no. for me because there's something about social media. There's something about the work we do. That keeps us so focused on like I can't take my eyes off of what I have to do because right. I gotta be in the I gotta stay in the game and make sure I'm doing this. But really going to look at the lives of children in Rwanda will actually take my focus off of myself, advocate for somebody else yep. and see what God's doing in the world because it's not all about what's on Twitter today. It's not right. all, it's not the the newest conversation that's happening yeah. in my bubble. God's in a conversation that's way bigger than me. Yeah. And Tell I, me I, your yeah. personal like social media boundaries. Do mm-hmm. you have any? Do you have like hard rules or soft no. rules? How do you keep looking mm-hmm. up? I've learned in myself that if I put down my hard and fast rules, like the phone will shut off at exactly five, and then I'll just get really weird and legalistic about it and yep. try to bend my own rules. So I really just look <laughs> week by week, like what's needed this week? Yeah. And what within this week can I be accountable to not... Um, for, for the sake of my left arm not aching, yep. for the sake of my eyes, my head, you know, not getting headaches and right. those kinds of things. So I do give myself some rules there, but um, I really have, I probably do it opposite of a lot of people, but I actually stay off during the day, during the work week time, because uh-huh. so many things that I need to do, I cannot get started at looking at somebody else or what else is happening, because I can't create, I can't write, I can't think, mm. my brain, I'm 
get really distracted. So I actually, it's really an early morning, late in evening, quick check-in for me. Um, wow. Maybe over lunch a little bit. So I don't yeah. really do, I don't do the whole work day and then shut off at dinner um, okay. with the kids. It doesn't work really well like that for me because I work from home. Right. And um, our, our staff is in and out of our home. We homeschool from home. I create and write from home. It's yeah. all there. So I actually need to guard my mental space during the day, yeah. which is a little hard when you work on social media, you yes. know. Yeah. Um, but so that's a, that's a rule for myself. But also um, just even the part where I just make sure that everything I post, um, I choose to do it this way. It doesn't mean that everybody else has to, but I choose to post in real time so that what I'm posting is actually what I'm actually learning just because mm. I can't. And it doesn't mean that you can't schedule sure, out that's a plan, what feels true but it's just for, for me, yeah. like, I need to process and think, and I need to know that I have something to say right now. Otherwise, yeah. don't say it. And so so that helps me kind of take the pressure off of, like, I don't have to post every day at a certain time. Yeah, you know, so. that's beautiful. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation with Ruth to talk about our friends at Third Life. I love telling y'all about Third Love because I love telling you about anything that will make your life easier. And Third Love bras will do that. They have the perfect fit, more sizes than most other brands. And the convenience of shopping is really fun to me. You find your fit with Third Love's online fit finder. Order and try on at home. No more of those awkward fitting room experiences. So the fit finder quiz, all you have to do is answer a few simple questions. And in just 60 seconds, you'll have your perfect fit. Over 12 million women have taken the quiz to date. And it's actually fun. And it takes less than a minute to complete. And it's important because shape matters when you're finding a good fit, not just size. And third love helps you identify your size and shape, finds exactly the bra that will fit your body. And it is hands down the most comfortable bra I own. Straps don't slip and tagless labels make for no itching, which is amazing. The lightweight, super thin memory foam cups mold to your shape and are proprietary to Third Love. They are amazing. So Third Love knows that there is a perfect bra for every gal out there. So right now they are offering my friends 15% off your first order. So go to thirdlove.com slash sounds fun right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. Again, that's thirdlove.com slash sounds fun for 15% off today. And now back to our conversation with Ruth. I have a kind of a board of directors that helps Mm -hmm. us make decisions. And one of the things is I can't get coffee or lunch with people who like email or you know, Mm -hmm. contact us to see if I can get lunch. Because Mm -hmm. if we are on the internet all day, Mm -hmm. if we are getting lunch with people who are passing through Nashville or who are passing Mm -hmm. through Durango, I cannot write the books and I cannot record the podcasts. And I can't, mm -hmm. you know, like, yes, I have to treat this like a job. Yes. Where I go, my my assistant Jen and I, we get to work at nine o'clock in the morning and we stay till they get late in the afternoon. Like, yes, we work every day. (laughs) And so there does have to be boundaries Mm -hmm. that I have. And I struggle with this. I wonder if you do too. Like, when I wake up in the morning, if if a podcast comes out, I'm still laying in bed and I'm putting on Instagram and Twitter that the podcast is out. And then I'm like, yes. Did, is your workday starting? Because right. you haven't opened your left eye. Yes. And you for <laughs> sure haven't read the Bible. I know. But you're on, you're on Twitter, <laughs> totally. which means your workday started. And really your whole mentality, like my whole heart is like at the beginning of any creative work, I'm already sitting there feeling behind and I hate that Ugh. feeling. I hate the feeling that I'm already 10 steps behind or I'm already late to the party or uh-huh. I've already 
not known that it's Secretary's Day or something. Uh, right. Like, I mean, whatever it is, that it's like every day there's something that says we all knew and you didn't. Oh, and I just wow. and I just feel like that's, I just kind of need to go to bed knowing okay, if there's something I need to know tomorrow, plan today. But otherwise, just get up and do your thing and stop being so right, aware so because otherwise I really start my day like there's nothing worse than trying to tap out 2,000 words that from a mindset that I I should have I should have known yesterday what I should mm-hmm. what I need to know today when really God's given me everything I need to know today yeah I need to do it today yeah and just be faithful right now in mm-hmm. this moment mm-hmm. when everybody is, else knows that you don't know yes what everybody else likes that you don't like yes. what everybody else is invited yes. to you don't invite to yeah. that is what social media tells us it's so bad that a couple of weeks ago in my, because the reality is, let's just be honest, everybody scrolls when either we're trying to push off pain, ignore it, or like kind of like numb some kind yep. of pain, or we're trying to prevent pain by hap- from happening by hustling enough or knowing enough that I will never be the subject of feeling left out or in pain. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is, it's always a like, I'm numbing myself or I'm keeping myself from failing, which leads to pain as well, right? right. So it's some version of that. So in one of the, I'm so numb, like I'm so tired that I'm going to be, I was literally scrolling and tapping. And before you know it, you found yourself, this is on Facebook. I think I was just working on something. Before I know it, I'm watching a video of like goofy, like clam bakes on a beach in China. And it's a thing. It's like a new thing in Asian, like Asian circles. Everybody's like eating seafood in front of the camera. Like they're, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was weird. And I literally was like, hmm. What am I watching this for? Like, what yes. is this? This is not somebody I know. I don't learn anything by watching a clam bake uh-huh. and then like being weird and eating it right. like crazy. So all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm basically trying to discover what I'm missing out on. Yeah. Like to go set yourself on a path where you're trying to discover what you're behind on is tyranny. Yes. <laughs> That's oh right. Do you gosh. know mine, my version of that is watching the pearl parties where people open up pearls and they're making jewelry. Like someone has paid... Mm. And they'll, you know, it's like a, oh, girl, I will just accidentally oh numb out watching. Yes, I, I think one of my Facebook friends opens them. Mm-hmm. Like, does mm-hmm. that's one of her, that's her small mm-hmm. business, as you yeah. know. you yeah. And you just never know what color the pearl's going to be on the inside. <laughs> so, so I just get lost oh in it. For, and know. then I'm like, what are you doing with your I life, know. Annie? <laughs> I, know. I know. But also you have to balance. I mean, you said it, it earlier is. that rest has to be yes. a part. And so to me, there is a little bit of like, this doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I'm just yes. going to watch. I'm just going to see if this pearl is black in size seven or if this pearl is, right. you know, glitter gold or whatever they call them. How in your life, especially because you you create so much, your, your quantity mm-hmm. of art in word or in painting is so much. How do you find rest and what does rest look like for y'all? Well, I don't paint all the time and I don't... Um, you know, a lot of the things that you see created are created all in bulk. And then you see it come uh, out a little bit sure. at a time, you know, so it's not that. So I'm, you'll set aside two weeks on the calendar sure, and that's like. Sure. And I'm paint painting like crazy. Out. And Got then it. I now have a full time graphic designer who also helps me compose some of that. So I'm not doing all How the finishing. How big is your staff? Five women. So. That's amazing. Yeah. And I'm, and they're. Uh, only one of them lives in town. Everybody's okay. remote. So we're always meeting at different time zones together on a Monday morning. Yeah. And I'm super grateful that the internet makes it possible. Um, yeah. But I have I have help now. So that makes a big difference. But for me, again, 
it's that I cannot go look at other people's work. Like I can't mm. spend all my time looking at beautiful art that somebody else has made. Yeah. Now I can appreciate it. I want to go to museums. I want to surf Instagram sometimes and be like, oh, that's beautiful. But I cannot go to somebody else's work in order to inspire mine. Like I cannot yeah. do it. Like my brain will explode. And then before I know it, I'm debilitated, literally paralyzed in my work. Instead, I actually need to go on a walk. I need to go on a walk where there's not the content. Because think about it, when we're surfing YouTube or whatever, it's not totally rest because there's content being fed to us. So even if you think you're shutting your brain off and just going on neutral, you're not really, Netflix is not neutral. There's something coming. There's, There's actually input and you're determining how you're being shaped by the input that's coming in. Mm-hmm. When you go on a walk, the only input is God's creation. Yeah. So there's something about that where there's not a whole lot of noise coming in. You can just speak to the Lord, yeah. you know, or sometimes I'm quiet. I'm like, literally like, I'm not ignoring you, Lord, but I don't really have a lot to say right now. Yeah. The choice is also that you're not inputting with things that aren't good for you. Mm. But walking next to him in silence is better than walking away from him with a whole lot of other stuff going on. And so I think sometimes we think that they're the same, but they're not. Like walking with him in silence and waiting until the words come Mm -hmm. is still better. Mm. Because you think you're just resting, you're having a lazy Saturday morning, and I wake up feeling like I'm worn out. Yeah, yeah. And so my version of that is that, you know, we live at 8,000 feet elevation Uh and we go higher. So we... Basically invest in four by, I've invited you out. So I literally want you to come because we, you know, we have a Sequoia and a Land Rover Defender. So we're like army vehicle. Yes, you said, come on and come see it. Yes, because we drive where there is no cell reception. Oh, wow. Or air Mm -hmm. um, or water or anything. Nothing to breathe. I always say that because I'm like, I'll give you a can if you need it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But the reality is you get up there and I'm telling you, it it really does truly take the breath away. Yes, yeah. you do have a hard time breathing if you're a you know, sea level person. But the reality is there's no cell reception. Take pictures if you want to. But you're not sitting there thinking, uh-huh. what does this moment have to offer me? Yeah. You're simply saying, I surrender. Yeah. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. And so, you know... I love anything that helps me remember that I'm smaller. Yes. We make we're such a big deal on social media. We think we're so such a big gross, deal. Right? We're such a big deal. Yep. We're we're looking at numbers. And you know what? The whole industry, all the culture in general, just promotes that. We would if it wasn't Instagram, it would be something else. That's right. Anything. We're all we're human, so we're always looking for a way to kind of feel really big about yes. ourselves. Yes. And so I just keep looking for that that way to remind myself not to be too impressed, you know, not to be too impressed with what I paint, what I say, Mm. the kids I'm raising. It's not that impressive. Okay, Can I be so impressed with what you paint and what you say? Because I love your work. Do you remember a few Mm. years ago I bought, I mean, we gave like 25 gifts and I called you and I was like, okay, I need 25 prints to buy. How quick can you get them here? I just think you're, um, you are so gifted. What made you, I mean, you already have the Grace Laced book, but this mm-hmm. one, Beholding and Becoming, mm-hmm. it, they're so different. Grace Laced yeah. feels like a devotional, mm-hmm. and Beholding and Becoming is a... Is, it grew up. I mean, for me, okay. I, I really want to take the women who've, who read Grace Laced, I want them to step into the next step in sanctification with me, which mm. is basically like, if you know the foundational truths are who God is and who you are, how you respond to Him in faith, and how you remember His provisions, the next step is... So how do you how do you meet with him every day? Yeah. And I don't mean in a devotional time. Right. I don't Please, mean let's not use quiet. I don't time. mean I, can't with I don't that. mean worship as in right. like you're supposed to play five minutes of music and right. then pray for five minutes. I don't mean that. The the subtitle to this book is the art of everyday worship. We think it's happening 
you know, on the mission field or through stained glass windows or somewhere where we feel really peaceful sitting on a pew having these beautiful moments. And as moms, sometimes you think it's when the kids are at a play date and I've got 30 minutes to just be really intentional and listen to my favorite praise music. But yeah. that's not really like God totally meets us in all those yes. beautiful places yes. at the top of Ben Nevis, maybe. But yeah. the most beautiful place he meets us every day is while you're folding laundry, while you're emptying your inbox and you're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I have to go through all my emails. Though It's not that it's worship because we feel worshipful about mm. it, but because God is actually in pursuit of our hearts in, in that. Yes. And when he pursues us and we ha- can respond to him, that's worship. Worship is esteeming him greater, believing that he is worthy of our awe and our love and adoration. Yeah. But we spend all our time loving and adoring, clearing that inbox uh-huh. or being done with this chore or getting free time, having a holiday, retiring, whatever it is that we are adoring about our own Mm -hmm. lives. And I'm just asking women to come along and say, well, in our everyday life, in the very mundane, unremarkable, ordinary things like home repairs and dirty dishes (laughs) and the and the I love the dirty dishes chapter. Thank you. Well it's just if you saw the the format of the book, it's really that there's 16 pairs of beholding and becoming. Mm-hmm. So it's that from something as big as God's creation to something as small as cleaning out your fridge, there's a way to behold God and yeah. not the circumstance. Mm. You know, um, I want to read this real quick. Yes. I started the book off with Charles Spurgeon's quote, nearness to God brings likeness to God. The more you see God, the more of God will be seen in you. So mm. the goal here is not just so that we'll behold and know more, Behold and be more theological or be wiser or smarter or holier. Yes, holiness. But what's the goal of that? The goal is intimacy with God. The goal is nearness to God. The goal is to love better, to know how to love others and love the world with the love of Christ. Like the whole goal is not just to beef up our spirituality, but to actually know how to function in our everyday lives as we were intended, as we were made to become. And so the beholding and becoming pairing is that the, whatever you're turning your head to, you guys know, you, everybody knows, if you're driving a car and you look left and you turn your car, you all of a sudden drive off the road. Yeah. Right? I When I was learning to drive, I'd be like, there's a there's a, a cardboard box in the road. Don't run over the don't run over. Oh, I ran over the cardboard box, you know? <laughs> because you basically keep staring at it. Yeah. And before you know it, you just went over that yep. thing you didn't want to drive yeah, over. That's right. And so the reality is if you hold this device called a phone in your hand all day and you're staring at it, staring at it, staring at it, not only will your hand get stuck and you'll uh-huh. feel pain and you gotta go get some worked out on your muscles, yep. but you actually don't realize how much you're becoming shaped by what mm. you're looking at every day. Right. And so we're so surprised that we become in 10 years someone that we didn't intend to become. Oh, boy. Right. I mean, we why are we so surprised when in two years, four years we say, oh, our intention was to be this. But who did I become? Mm -hmm. Well, the becoming was shaped one minute at a time based on where you're gazing, where you're looking. And so it doesn't mean you have to have like. You have to be the most holy person in the world to be staring at your holy Bible. That's not the, the point is not that the, the magic isn't opening the Bible and staring at it. Mm. The joy is realizing that he's a knowable God and God's faithfulness is at work. And there's something to behold. There's someone to behold yeah. beyond 
the dishes, the traffic, the whatever it is in your everyday life. And so rather than thinking worship is what happens for theologians who go study Wayne Grudem and then right. go on the mission field right. and become really awesome or or speak on stage and teach books of the Bible. Yeah. No, worship is what happens when an ordinary person says, I want to meet you here. You're pursuing me right now. Yeah. And I'm going to esteem you more important. I'm going to look at you yeah. instead of what I'm going through today. Yeah. How does this play into... You did something, I'm, I'm setting you up here because mm-hmm. you did something really beautiful in this book where all 16 things you hit mm-hmm. are for for sure true, I'll put that in quotes, mm-hmm. for 90% of married women and moms. Mm-hmm. But they, you also made it really accessible to those of us who are unmarried. Mm-hmm. What was your thought process? Did you mean to do that? Yeah. Okay. I, I um, Because I really think that if, if I could have my way, every 20-year-old girl would read this book because okay. I think that give it to who you become... You know, you keep thinking, in my 30s, I'll, you know, hopefully be here or here yep. or here. Or when I get married, I'll be like this, like this, like this, these things. But the reality is our hearts are being shaped by what you love the most. Yeah. And that starts at a, at a really young it's age. It's happening today. It yep. really, whatever you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. And it, and mundane isn't just for moms. You know, we talk a lot about mundane life being like moms with diapers and, yeah. and Cheerios. And I always talk about that because that's my life. I've learned uh-huh. that. But everybody knows mundane. Everybody Mm -hmm. knows I don't want to wake up today and fix myself breakfast. I'm a single woman who would really like to be invited over or to cook for a few people. Like, do I really have to make a portion for myself right now? And do I really need to do my laundry? And I have to buy. If I don't clean it, nobody cleans it. And I have to buy buy milk, but can I get through a gallon? You know, like there's mundane in everybody's life. And the reality is, um, I think I want to take the mystery out of mundane doesn't mean not marvelous. And so that's why this book is covered with probably the most extravagant art I could possibly paint with my hand. Oh my gosh. So I try. It's so beautiful. It's like an heirloom piece that people can just like, yeah, I would say that if you weren't sitting here, it's gorgeous. Thank you for using the very word I aim for. Um, And I share this because most folks would probably miss this part of it. But when I was thinking, you know, how do I paint something that that juxtaposes this idea of everyday worship, ordinary things, and the extravagance and beauty of a holy God meeting us there yeah. and wanting a relationship with us in the middle of our very ordinary day, sitting in in car line, running to the grocery store for that one ingredient you don't have for dinner. Right. How do we meet God there? I was thinking about the late eighteenth, late 19th century during the Art Nouveau. I mean, a little bit of an art history buff. Yeah. Not really. I mean, I okay. studied art. William Morris which uh-huh. you see some of his wallpapers, like uh, he was a wallpaper um, art designer during that. Oh, okay. Um, so some of the gold era. looking ones. Yeah. So and... now you see, all of a sudden it kind of got trendy. I think everybody was following Beholding and Becoming, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, to- yeah, yeah. That's totally, right. They're totally copying that's me. That's right. That's but right. But H- H&M had a William Morris like line of clothing. Right. After I started. Right. I literally, I started and I was like, like you, guys, you guys be copying me. Mm-hmm, like, why are you copying? Mm-hmm. You know, but um, there was a clothing line and I know that I've seen like this un- I think Design Sponge has shown some, like, um, or somebody has shown some wallpapers, William Morris wallpapers. Long story short, what was happening during that era was that people were saying, why does only the Sistine Chapel get artwork? Yeah. I mean, is it only the, the the grandest sanctuaries that get the most beautiful artwork? Why can't everyday objects, why can't we our lives be beautiful? So you, you'll remember that was a t- stage where coffee tables got 
nice legs or, yeah. or our silverware got fancy and things became adorned in our everyday lamps got fancy and wallpaper because it's where you live. And so even if the mindset there wasn't worshipful, yeah. I wanted to change that to be something that became like a visual representation that nothing is too ordinary to be extravagantly adorned by grace in the what gospel in our What an amazing lives. Easter egg that no one would ever know Aww. that you were just treating your book and all of us, all of yeah. our lives, like a house in 1880. Well, I, I just wanted you to kind That's of so not cool. realize that you were experiencing yes. that, but then to be kind of like, I, I don't know if you noticed that one page, well, yeah, the one page where I painted plates, I painted uh-huh. China. And so it was one of those things where like, this is something that's not going into eternity with us, yes. but it's an ordinary object that I'm going to make beautiful because we're just, we're talking about very ordinary things that we kind of skip over. We're talking yeah. all the time about women doing great things for God, going to the ends of the earth. And we should literally go to the ends of the earth, do the hard things, do big things for the Lord, but also do big, small things for the Lord. Yes. Do the everyday things for the yes. Lord. Brush your teeth. And right. think, gosh, even in this moment, my mind does not need to be wandering mm. about things that don't matter. Mm-hmm. Honor the Lord with my thoughts. Yeah. And I don't mean to over-spiritualize it. I'm not saying, no, 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 no. take a bath for the Lord. But I'm just <laughs> saying, on some level, my point is that we need to recognize that your life wasn't made up of all these small moments so that you could get to the big moment right. and live out your calling. No, you're... The whole life, the whole story that the Lord's written for you is made up of all the small moments in which you worshiped him here and here and here and here. Yeah. If heaven and of all of eternity is going to be us perpetually worshiping him, why not start now? Yes. Why not start right yeah. now where we are? And so the, the yes, the Easter egg, and I did do a little glossary at the front yeah. just to help it along a little bit. But the, the Easter egg in this book is ultimately like, if it looks extravagant, it's because I spent a year painting it. Yeah. If it looks over the top, it's because I probably have never painted and worked on something so hard and written yeah. so many heartfelt words and really taken the time to think through each piece so that at the end of the day, um, I hope you savor it and yeah. you linger along with it. And I hope it changes us, not because there's a formula for how to do the next day of your mm-hmm. life, but really open your eyes, yeah. turn your eyes on Jesus, yeah. gaze on him. You can't direct your affections if you're not directing your eyes at the right things, right? And it's so, um, people who don't write books don't realize how much we think of all those things. Mm -hmm. You know, like on the cover of Remember God, Mm -hmm. people don't know unless they ask me or Mm -hmm. we have this conversation that it's the design on the edge is the robe of the archbishop in the Durham Cathedral where the story happens in the book. But people don't, you know, like you and I, because I think my brain, I'm not talented as an artist by any stretch, but my brain thinks like an artist's brain where I'm like, this is one piece. Mm-hmm. And so your book literally is like from front to back, it's just a piece of art that we also get to interact with. Did you do that? I mean, that's just your brain is you're just an artist yeah. all the time. Well, the the what I want more than anything is to make sure, like I always say, I want to be kind of like a John the Baptist with my paintbrush and be like, mm. this is not this. I'm, what I'm doing here, this is not Look over there. The, yeah. See, there, here comes the Savior of the world. And I'm pointing with my paintbrush. And so really this whole book, Gosh. I'm wanting it to be, I want it to adorn the gospel. So at the end of the day, forget me, but be in awe like of yeah. him. And so you notice a lot of things that I paint are just 
imitating what he's already created. Yeah. Um, that's not to say that I'm not fascinated. That is by interesting. It. You don't do a lot of like geometric shapes mm-hmm. or. And I'm fascinated by those. It's, yeah. it's just as much artistic to do abstract or, sure. yeah, yeah. or abstract. geometric and all those things. But at the end of the day, in this season right now, I feel really called to just reflect his creativity. Yes. And that to me is just to depict what a hummingbird is like. Uh-huh. To depict, you know, the petals that sometimes we skip over. And and, and when your we... bumblebees. Oh my gosh, your Aww. bumblebees are so sweet. Thank you. It's just so... incredible. It's just incredible, Ruth. Thank you, Annie. What so, you make. Yeah, that's, that's the heart of it. The heart is to ultimately create something that you might just want to leave out yeah. on the table and just yes. keep returning to and just remember that your good God is that extravagant. Yeah. That he's that beautiful and that he's that worthy of beholding. Uh And so your life is really not all about these little minor details that we keep turning our eyes to change our gaze. You know, we... The, the theme of this book is, you know, we behold, we become what we behold. Mm-hmm. And so in 10 years, if you really, really hope to be a woman of noble character who yeah. has more self-discipline and whatever it is, fill in the blank, then it will be shaped day by day by what you look at. Yeah. Now. And what a perfect time as we're starting the fall of like women thinking about mm-hmm. what they want 2020 to look mm-hmm. like and what who they yes. want to be. And and we have a good chunk of dudes who listen to the show. Mm-hmm. And I think, man, if you're looking for a gift, yeah, this is a good on. one. So I think that is, yeah, I just am so thankful. You have done, you are leading the way in painting as ministry of the gospel to me. I don't have another friend. That means so much to me that you just yeah. framed it that way because yeah. it is ministry to me. It's, mm-hmm. it's not to match your furniture and it's not to just, um, I'm not going to be everybody's design sense. It's not going to go with everybody's home, but my goal is whatever I create, I just hope that it turns your eye to like, wow, God created that, that she imitated and God gave her the ability to paint that. And so it's all about him. I want it to wow us. The Uh way you come across a wildflower and you're kind of like, he is so creative. Yes. You know? Yes. So when are you going to start making us fabrics for like, we're both in kimonos today. Oh, girl. When are we going to start getting kimonos? I want, oh man, wallpapers, fabrics. Yeah. I, you saw all the patterns in this book yes. and I am um, obsessed. So okay. We'll is see. it happening one of these days? Maybe. I would love is it a to. dream? It is a dream. Okay. It is a dream. Because I would really love well, hook um, me up a kimono. <laughs> yeah. Dear anybody listening, if you're a kimono, right. if you're a fabric person Could and you're you looking imagine? for some new things. Oh, I would love that. Are All you right. ready to just take over the world? Yes. I Well, yeah. we, we, I will tease and tell you, um, I designed enamel pins for like denim jackets oh, yeah. and um, keychains that go with this book. I don't think they'll be out by the time the book comes out, but very soon by okay. spring, Good. they are gorgeous. They are beautiful. Yeah. I can't wait. We should, you should connect with Farm Girl You're Flowers right. because yes. you know they put an enamel pin in every box they send. They do? Okay. So I do. You need I to, need hey, to. Farm Girl, we got, we got you. Yeah. Oh, Ruth, you need to meet. I think it is a good reminder to all of us. Uh, you know, Madeline LaEngle says that artists, all art is sacred because mm. it takes chaos and makes it into cosmos and you do such beautiful sacred art in your painting and in your writing and i feel like we i get to attempt to do that even in the show but there are people out there making all sorts of different art mm-hmm. talk to the people who are drawing and painting and no one's ever going to see it mm. well i always say you know the lord was so kind that yes in the last 
several years, there was an opportunity to share my gift and my work with the world, but I was doing it long before anybody knew that that was my gifting. I was doing it and handing it as a gift to a hurting mama Mm. or as a gift to um, a graduate. Like I was using it in different ways to minister in the spheres of influence that I had anyway Mm -hmm. before it was on social media. And I think it's really do the work, do the work Mm -hmm. in private. I think the way I put it last night in a post that I wrote was do the work in private the same work you would in private that you would to change the world. If you want that work, if you want to do a work that will change the world, be willing to do it in private. Just do it. Just do it. Start doing it. Because the Lord is a worthy audience of one. And I think my... And I like taught high school Sunday school Mm -hmm. for years and no Mm -hmm. one knew because I just Mm -hmm. wanted to teach about Jesus, you know? And I think it kind of trains our hearts to know who we're doing it for and Mm, what our why is, because I actually think that one of the major causes and things that will cause women like us to potentially not persevere would be that we wouldn't know our why and we get distracted. Mm, And so in time, in the next 10, 20 years, those who keep on running will be those who won't the meter won't fluctuate too much by whether we're loved or not beloved yes. by the public. Yes. And so if we can wean ourselves from needing approval so much, then perseverance is a race that we can keep on running a little bit easier. And so so that's what I'm working on myself is to remind myself that I don't actually need somebody else's approval mm. to tell me that this work is valid. Yes. You know. Ladies and gentlemen, she preaches and she paints and she writes. I love it. Thank you for that. And thank you for the work you do. I just, I hope you know that tonight, the night before your book comes out, I always tell my friends, go to a nice dinner the night before the book comes out because the work's already done. Mm. Don't do it on Tuesday night when you see your Amazon ranking. Don't do it on the next day, the next week on that next Wednesday when we find out Mm -hmm. if we hit New York Times or not. Go the night before the book comes out because gracious, you already, you did it, Ruth. Like this exists. Thank you for that encouragement. I need to hear that. Yeah. So thank you for doing the work before I even get to buy one, which I am Mm -hmm. pre-ordered and it's coming to my house before I even get to buy one. Thank you for doing the work because you are, you lead me in ways you don't even know. You lead me to make better cover decisions and make better art decisions with my words because of how you do your art. So Mm -hmm. I'm just super grateful. Um, okay, the last question we always ask. Mm-hmm. Because the show's called That Sounds Fun, what sounds fun to you? Oh, my goodness. Well, I don't know why you caught me off guard. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I like it, though. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's really funny. I've always secretly wished that I could hip-hop. Dance or rap? Dance. Okay. Like I literally, so it sounds fun to you to just go sounds, to a hip hop dance class. It sounds so fun to like just have like time the living to, color fly just girls. to go dance. Just yeah. to, I, why is it that when you're in college and when you're younger you dance all the time? Yeah, and then you get older. Yeah, and it's like if you're at a conference and some there's actually a dance party, you just go and curl up and go to bed. You're yeah. just too old for it. Yeah. you know. And so it just actually sounds fun to just. And not be like gross about it. Right. You know? right, right I mean, right. because it just, I think that's maybe the deterrent is that when I got older, it was like, it's always gross. Yeah. So I'm like, eh, you know, yeah. but I'm like, 
It's so fun. It's so fun to play the music so loud yes. and have fun and just dance. So we do. Okay. okay. The truth is we do a lot of dance parties at home. We okay, do. Good. And my kids laugh at me. They okay. laugh and we have fun and all that stuff. But I think in life you just take yourself so seriously, especially yeah. when you like write about the word of God. Yes. And, and you, you know. I do not, I mean, I'm an open book. If you see me in person, I will tell you all the stories. Yep. There will be no details left untold. But yeah. but online, it's just really easy to be like, yes, we pray and, yes. and, and we this do. This is how we yes. do this. Right. No, no, at home, we, we motivate each other by pl- putting on really loud music and dance around. And, yeah. and so what sounds fun is to literally take some time off work because I've been working a lot yeah. with book launching, book writing, right. just to take some time off and maybe clean the house by putting on some crazy music and dancing around and, you know, grooving a little bit. So I love it. So next time you're here, let's set aside a night. There okay. is a workout class here called B-Fab Fitness. Oh my goodness. And it is PG rated dancing. It's not extreme, but it is so fun. It's all the hip hop music. It's an hour that flies by. It is. And you've I mean, done this? Oh, girl, I do it all the time. It, sometimes it you don't is care so if you free, look dumb? it makes me cry. Does it, does, do you ever feel dumb? No. Because here's, when I say that sounds fun, I mean, it sounds fun to be good at it. Yeah, no, no, no. So this so is it's, my problem. It's easy. Okay. It, it It's kind of like a if you beef up jazzercise. So imagine okay, like the okay. touch step and the that kind of thing that you can get. And every song, it's just a pattern. So I once you learn the salsa. pattern. I did do a salsa class one time. Yeah. For, my hips don't move that way. It's yeah, kind of, it, 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 you're not going to be embarrassed. Also, I stand in the back <laughs> for like eight different reasons. But one of them is I stand in the back so that no one sees you what you do. Oh my goodness. And you just let her rip tater chip. And it is... The music is so loud. It's a gym full of mostly women, a couple of men, probably 200. Every race, every size, every socioeconomic group. It is the most diverse thing I do in my life. I love that you said that it felt so freeing because I think that's what I'm looking for. It's not that I want to look amazing. It's a, or or go clubbing. Yes, it's, yes, it's yes. A, it's a, there's something about my life that can feel so confined uh-huh. and constrained and safe all the time. Yes. And it's not like I want to go be wild and crazy. Right. I just re- realized that the Lord made us to express to ourselves move. and to move. Yes. And like you sit at a desk and you write a lot yeah. and you forget to move. So yeah. that's all. Listen, uh, Shakira's Africa, the version of Africa uh-huh. that came out a few years ago when the World Cup was yeah. happening. One time they did that song and, and it talks about flying and you mm-hmm. open your arms and spin around and I was a puddle. I was just crying, Girl. going like, I'm glad you we get me here. We can be free. I'm glad you get me. Yeah. So, so I next feel time so, you're here, we're I feel cheesy saying it, but, that, no. but that's what sounds fun. Don't is, feel cheesy. That's is, great. Is to like get break out of the safe, like yeah. the work that I've been doing and, yeah. and enjoy, enjoy. I'm taking things. you next time you're here. Yeah, we're going to go. Thanks for doing this show. Thanks it, for having me. Really appreciate it. Love being with you. Oh, friends, don't you love her? I just think the world of her, I I love when people are as artistic as Ruth is, but also so down to earth, so wise. I mean, she is just preaching through her words and her art, and I I just absolutely love her. So I hope you enjoyed that as well. Make sure you give her a follow on social media and tell her how much you love her, how great you think she is, and how much her art and words have mattered to you today and historically. And make sure you grab a copy of her new book, Beholding and Becoming. It comes out tomorrow. Ruth, congratulations. It's book launch week. And we are so happy to be a part of that with you. So you guys, make sure you grab a copy of that. 
And if there's anything else you need from me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find Annie F. Downs all across the internet, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere you need me, that is how you can find me. Today, the F can stand for fancy, which it stands for a lot, but I'll tell you, Ruth is fancy. Her art is fancy. So Annie F. Downs, anywhere you need me, that's how you can find me. I think that's it for me today, friends. Always love getting to be with you. Go out and do something that sounds fun to you today, and we'll see you back here on Thursday. Y'all have a great week.